y'all. Welcome to the... Uh, <laughs> Clay's looking at me. <laughs> uh, welcome to the internal Build It internal podcast. Um, this is Alex Horton. Thanks for listening. Um, today is a little weird because I will be interviewing myself. Well, I'm going to be interviewing you. Well, yeah, okay. I offered this like literally probably like, because I was one of the first interviews you did and it was like the third, my third week here. And I was like, mm-hmm. Alex, when it comes time to interview you, let me do it. Well, I got, honestly forgot that you offered that. I was just trying to think who would who, feel like the least the amount of has, weirdness about who it. Who on the team is just such grace. It's so, so good on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very so, gregarious. So this so. is a senior brand strategist, Clay Thompson, everyone. Howdy. Slash, Welcome. Sometimes podcast. <laughs> Slash sometimes. Co- po- now we'll say you're podcaster. Podcaster. You're not necessarily always the host, but today you're host-ish. Um, so... This one to be a little different because um, I've been putting it off long enough. I am the subject of this Wednesday episode, which is weird or fun or we'll see. Um, but Clay and I are just going to get into a little bit and be friends and drink um, Yazoo Gerst beer, which is also at the Buildwood office right now. Um, so um, yeah, we're just going to talk. We're, we're stocking this to the office. There are some there right now. Yeah. It's pretty good. Delicious. It's good beer. To, to set the scene, Alex and I are currently posted up in my kitchen in the nations. In uh, the nations. At a Nashville, table. Tennessee. Yeah. Just sitting at a table that I, I will say I built myself. I'm rather proud of. But we're just posted up drinking beer, talking. How do you feel about definitely not being the best woodworker on the team at BuildWit? Oh, I'm sure I'm not the best at most things on the team at BuildWit. I'd say there could have been an argument that you were. At some point. You think Clara's ousted me? I bet Clara's better. Probably. I think it just, here's the thing is I think that's. Hold I on, Clara, he's coming for you. I think it's circumstantial. <laughs> so like that's This is like, a very nice table. That, I think, that's all I'll say. Oh, I mean, it's, it's a great table. It's got plenty of flaws too. I think for me, it's like woodworking has so many facets to it. So it's like, it's like someone being like, well, who's the best football player at BuildWit? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm sure I'm probably like. I'm sure Ben Schwarnberg's great, but someone might be like a better quarterback or yeah. whoever. So I think with woodworking, like same vibes. Who knows? Claire is definitely a better cabinet maker than I am. But <laughs> I might have a leg up on her on like axe handling, like yeah. refurbishing old axes. Who knows? But yeah, Claire's probably better than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've done you've done a handful of axe refurbishing, right? Yeah, I got really into it. I think people. It was one of those things that. Now we're interviewing me, but like, you know, when people find out you're into something, Sorry, and man, I just, like, I won the be a friend award and that's just, just like part of who yeah. I am now. So yeah, we decided we're turning this into an acronym. So be a friend is just now BAF. Yeah. And so Alex is just over here baffing it up. Over here baffing. Just that's a, who I am. That's how we are. Um, But yeah, I feel like acts is one of those things that like people find out you're into something and then that's just like what they get you from that. So I feel like for random birthday gifts and stuff, people would like get a vintage axe head on eBay and be like, oh, I got this for you. And so I was just like, oh, what do I do with all these? Well, now so I, I got to make it started an axe. Fixing them or giving them to people, but yeah. it's great. Anyway. Love it. To flip this on you. Yeah. Alex Horton, ladies and gentlemen, it's our me. Be a Friend, recent award winner, Be mm-hmm. a Friend. What have you done? Can you tell me where the pennant is? Hopefully it's like it is over, inside. Your, over your bed. It is no longer in my car. Okay. So there, that is at least true. Um, I'll put it in my office. Well, it honestly depends if Will I, it be in view of camera? That would be cool. Maybe. I've got the lion. Oh, I've got those two lions behind me um, in my office right now. Those, those feel really good. So I don't, I'm not so sure. But 
it honestly might be at the BuildWit office, depending on if I end up moving to one of the workstations outside of podcasting time, because that would be like a good place to put it on the little. You wouldn't put it in the podcast studio? Have it in the background and like the video feed? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is the Be a Friend Award? What does that even mean? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure, but I it meant a lot to me, and I've I told my family about it this weekend, which was cool. That's legit, dude. It was yeah. well deserved, well earned. Thanks, so let's, thanks for let, thanks for having me on the podcast today, dude. I was, you know, we've been wanting to do this for a long time now. So yeah, man, just you know, scheduling. Just, you know, I had something, then you had something. <laughs> oh my gosh, I we could is, finally yeah, this do this. Is the point where everyone listening is rolling their eyes and mm-hmm. be like, "Note to self: Don't let Clay." Yeah, Alex just I'll talk. tighten it up a little bit in post, <laughs> but not that much. Not that much. Um, all right, you and I have known each other for how many years now? When when did we first start? Uh, we, we met. Yeah. Early 2017. Okay. Yeah. So that's, we've known each other for a while and we've known each other as, as several different iterations of things that we've done and worked mm-hmm. on. And, um, but I would love to know, cause even before I met you then, like you had, you were in the process of kind of even reinventing yourself to like, you had just moved into being a developer. Yeah. Um, and I, the funny thing is like, I feel like there's a number of people probably even on the team now that like, don't know anything about you as like a web developer, mm-hmm. but only know you as a podcast guy and assume like, Oh, Alex is, like, it seems like a you're so good at music stuff. Everyone knows that. So that kind of seems like a reasonable jump. It's like, oh, he was a musician. Yeah. And he did some recording stuff, and now he does podcasts. And it's like, that actually wasn't the trajectory at yeah, all. Yeah, there was like a, a, a weird, long, expensive <laughs> uh, stop in the middle of that. Yeah. So I would love to know, like, you live here in Nashville. Like, what's what's kind of your story? Where yeah. did you go to school? What's, what's the trajectory to build wit and podcast hosting? Uh, I definitely... I've done a lot of things, so we can start there. Um, so I am from Hamilton, Ohio, which is like southwest, north of Cincinnati, um, and went to college. Didn't really know what I was going to do. My parents got divorced like January before I graduated high school, so it was kind of a an already it was already going to be a, a weird tra- time of transition, and then. Um, I had already said I was going to Ohio State for school, and I think around that, I mean, I was, I had, like, I had even auditioned to um, go to school to play French horn, (laughs) and then at some point, it was just like, forget that. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go to school just to get a job to be able to make money, and so can I I ask real quick? There's I mean, one could make you mark, make the argument that like no instruments in the orchestra are like super like, oh, that makes sense. Like they're all different mm-hmm. and unique in their own ways. But like why French horn? Why was that the thing? Um, so I was pretty good at French horn. Yeah, I played a bunch bunch of instruments at school. I mean, that's kind of my story in, in a, is that Alex is pretty good at a lot of stuff. I'm not the best at a single thing <laughs> if, if, if for any of my friends to like, you know, when someone's like, oh, we got to call Alex because he's the best at, Whatever. That's not who I am. Friendship. Except for friendship, which is, you know, it's definitely <laughs> me. It's who I am. Um, but so, yeah, so French horn was just like the thing I played in the concert band at school. I did drum line. I, you know, I, I played drums in jazz band, whatever. And so French horn just seemed like the right way to go into music education because that's what a lot of people were doing, like in my circle, I guess. It was a very cool circle in high school. It was so cool. I didn't even know anyone who drank, if that tells you anything. Um, but so I turned off that and was like, yeah, all right, I'm just going to go to school. 
for just marketing or something like that. And so at Ohio State, um, my major was marketing and it was just, I don't know, I was like trying to navigate what it's like to not be a kid anymore. And, you know, my parents were obviously going through their thing and it was, I didn't really like have them as like any sort of guidance. And obviously in hindsight, when I look back, it's like I could have driven myself through that a little bit more, but there's just like hard to know that, you know, I, I was, I just, it was a, a hard time. And so, um, I had made some friends who were doing like a play at Ohio state and, um, had just increased some other friendships of people who were going to, um, go to another college in, in Ohio called Wright state university, um, for theater. And was like, this is what all my friends are doing. And this kind of stuff makes me happy. So I guess I'm going to do that. Um, and so I transferred after my freshman year, Ohio state went to Wright state, studied theater and, wrote a bunch of theater music, um, did a little playwriting, acted in shows, and still with like, at the end of it, it was like, man, I just really like music. <laughs> you know, that was the thing that had kind of stuck beforehand, but it was just, even at that time, it was still, I think my identity was like, Alex is like the music guy. And so, um, Can I, I asked like growing up, I, I grew up in a family that we were not musically talented mm-hmm. at all, but we loved musicals. Yeah. And like, I was always a little embarrassed at that because like none of my friends knew the soundtrack to My Fair Lady yeah. or like the music man where I was like, gosh, I'm really vibing on this. <laughs> what was the first musical or thing like musical opera, whatever you saw yeah. as a kid that you were like, this is my thing. Well, so my grandmother <clears throat> was a choir teacher, like a high school choir teacher. And then my mom was really known as like the piano accompanist in town like if there was a community theater production she was almost certainly the first call nice so we just kind of always saw or seeing them you know we were in some when we were younger um i'd say probably the we watched the sound of music movie a lot that was when it was two vhs movies you know you got to really invest um, so probably that, I mean, I remember seeing like guys and dolls when I was a kid or Annie or something like that, yeah. but I don't know that any of those things necessarily like ignited a love for that, but it was just kind of, I was, we were always doing it, you yeah, know, absolutely. it was just part of what we did. But yeah, so at the end of college, I was, it's like, I loved, um, that world and, but I, I didn't want to be an actor. I hated auditions and still even now the idea of things like auditions are terrible and I don't want to do them. And so I was like, well, I just love music the most. So I'm going to move to Nashville because I vaguely knew somebody who lived here and he's like, yeah, man, just move down and you could start playing in bands. I'm like, okay, great, cool. You know, I, at, at that point I was um, a pretty good pianist, good bassist, good drummer, good, you know, I, I had studied all these things and, and got pretty proficient um, to move to town with no real plan, um, which I wouldn't necessarily recommend, but can I ask what it was like? So I grew up in, I mean, I grew up in Indiana, but Indiana, Ohio, pretty similar. And it's like, I wasn't a music guy, but I was a creative guy. Like I was kind of the guy who discovered like, you know, making videos and doing all this different stuff. And I know moving from a place like that to a town like Nashville, where it's like, yeah, of course, like everyone, it felt like when, like high school athletes get to college and it's like, Hey, we were all the star quarterback. <laughs> like yeah. nobody cares. Yeah. Like, what was it like 
I'm sure in, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio, like you being able to play all these instruments and like play music mm-hmm. is probably like, oh, Alex has really got some going here. Yeah. What was the transition to Nashville? Like, did you feel like I found my people or did you feel like, oh, this is intimidating? I mean, I think I was maybe too young to like really be intimidated. Hmm. Um, I do recall thinking that like the whole Broadway scene was like the coolest thing in the world for like <laughs> maybe eight months or two a year, probably a year. And I did, I did have the opportunity to start playing with bands immediately down there because um, I played piano pretty well. And that's just not as common to know somebody who plays piano or, and yeah. who knows all the songs that they're doing and, you know, is not going to sound like he plays Beethoven a lot. You know, it was just like I understood how to, how to play that kind of music. And so I played a lot and there was a lot of time where I, I did feel really cool, but there was something about, and honestly, I would say this is some, something that's still true about me. Because I played like an instrument not many people played, I like held on to that a little bit more as I'm getting opportunities because I'm a little different. I can do uh-huh. something differently. And, but yeah, so I played in these bands learning country songs that I didn't necessarily care about for like a year. And it just like made me, made me a little bit, or maybe definitely made me a better musician, just like how to play in bands. Um, but it didn't really like dial in anymore on what I wanted to do. Huh. But just like, I just want to play music. And in hindsight, it's like, man, I should have done this and this and this. You know what I mean? But then I just had no idea. Which is like, not an uncommon Nashville story. Like the amount mm-hmm. of people I know who are like, that are now in marketing or insurance or whatever, who came down here to do music, who are like, oh, it took me 10 years to realize like, I really like music, but I don't want to do it for a living. Like mm-hmm. that's, that it's just like, I just want to like get together and play with some people. But, cause it really is like, it's, it's the people that are succeeding are the people that are like great musicians and also like, great business people that like have other yeah other things that they're all, all good at that helps kind of that yeah um pursuit that yeah i just had no idea you know and yeah i think i just assumed that the thing i wanted to do was play gigs hmm. and i don't like i like it i do like playing in front of people obviously that's really enjoyable but i think if i had had like access to a studio or knew how to to self-record 10 or 12 years ago that I definitely do now. I think probably my trajectory would be different. But at the time was like, I can't make music unless I find a band to play in. You know, so that's what I did. So you did, I know you you were in a band. You guys like toured Europe, right? Like- yeah, so after I got tired of the country, I just didn't really care about the way they were playing down there. It was always sort of like a mercenaries mentality. Everybody shows yeah. up knowing the same songs, same arrangements, and they just say, Ready, go. And you just play the songs. Which, um, for anyone that doesn't know what that looks like, the restaurant we went to on Broadway, the internet, like, odds are a lot of those guys in that band, like, maybe haven't even played together before. I feel like yeah. maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but, like, just show up and it's like, everyone knows the song, go. There is this weird, like, it's almost a secret set list that to play downtown, you have to know 75% of. And not only that, you have to know that they, they're going to play it a different way than, like, the radio version sounds because that's just how they do it. You know, it's um, the most popular song down there is probably still that Wagon Wheel song. And yet the version that they do is not really the radio version, but everybody plays it the exact same way down there. Do people more likely go to Old Crow Medicine Show or Darius Rucker? 
It's somewhere in between, truly. Okay, really? I mean, That's yeah, so especially the way people sing it. Yeah. It's, you know, there are some melody things that are not the Darius Rucker version, which yeah. is so funny, which I love that he was like, nobody's released like the country country version of this. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to make $10 million. And he did. So good for, good for Darius Rucker. That's what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to talk about Darius Rucker. <laughs> but so I had, I had, you know, ended up moving into or meeting a friend playing in one band. And he's like, oh, you should play in this other band. And then playing in that band and meeting somebody in that and joining another band. I think it was just kind of this trail of groups I played with for a while. And that was really fun. Um, and then I played with this, it was like a rock group, like Led Zeppelin meets like Southern rock that definitely had some promise and was playing some big shows. And then we um, toured in Europe um, for like five weeks um, in 2014. And that was awesome for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons it was not is because we were in Europe for five weeks. Like it just kind of becomes a lot, you know? Were you married yet when that happened? I was not married, okay. but definitely was with Carly. I mean, we were definitely gotcha. together. Um, and you just like, you know, you're like begging everywhere you go. Like, what's the Wi-Fi password? Yeah. And sometimes you can get in, sometimes you don't, you know, it's just kind of this weird thing. Um, it was, it was pretty lonely. I would say, I mean, half the band ended up quitting when we got back. There was just some like personnel issues and choices that I don't think everybody agreed with. Um, that were just like, yeah, I, I can't be a part of this. Um, so I was definitely one of the people that that left. And that was probably the last time I was doing music like full-time professionally. I still, I mean, for another four years after that, I was still playing. I had a, I started another band that was like, I had always said that, well, when I can do it, quote unquote, like this way, the, the next way I thought of that would be cool, I would be happy. And then I did huh. it and then I wasn't, you know? And so it was like, eventually it was like, when I'm running my own band and I'm writing the songs and I get to pick who's in it and we get to perform the way I want to perform, then I'll be happy. And it, we did that for a year and I, I basically told the other two girls who I was writing the songs with and they were singing that I was like, if I don't love this, I don't really think we should be doing it. And they're like, well, we can still like, and I, I just was like, I, I just think we should call it. Like, yeah. I just don't love it. Which that's one like, if you're an accountant or whatever, like, and it's just like, oh, I don't love it. Like there's at some point, like you can just kind of be like, well, I'm just going to show up and, and put it together today. Anyway, I feel like music and stuff like that, even something we do at build it's like sometimes really hard when it's like, when you have to show up and like come up with ideas or do something like industries like that, if you don't want to be there, like you don't stand a chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't half ass any of that. I mean, and that, that was sort of where it came was like, this is not taking off in any way. I mean, it was fine. We got, you know, we were playing some okay shows and yeah. opening for some people. It was fine. But at the time, I just like didn't really know how to network with other musicians in a way that benefited both me and people I was networking with. And so it was just like, ah, let's just call it. And so from then, it was just like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so I ended up, I did real estate for a year purely as like a something to do. Because everyone in Nashville does Because everybody does real estate in Nashville and a lot, a lot of people make a lot, a lot of money doing it. Um, and I didn't, I just don't know anybody in town, especially at that time. I didn't know anybody in town. So like, I just, I struggled to get clients, you know, and I'm not going to bars and handing out my card or something like that's crazy. Um, and so I had a friend who said, you should, you know, try some web development stuff. You might like it. And I kind of turned 
turned him down a couple times over the years. But it was like, you know, I got nothing better to do. So like over the holidays, whatever year that was, the end of 2015. Um, when did you get married? May 2016. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, actually, our anniversaries are pretty close. Yeah, mine's May 1st. Mine's the 7th. Anyway, that's just part of it. You know, it's just part of the story. Yeah. Um, but so I, I started just doing some like free web development courses online. I was like, oh, I really, really like this. Uh, there are so, certainly a lot of similarities between that and songwriting. Um, and I've said those things before and a lot of it, you know, creating something out of nothing and like the feeling of creation. I don't necessarily know if I believe it as much as I was saying it. Hmm. I don't know if I was like trying to convince myself that like I really felt that way, but I do agree that it, there is something satisfying about, you know, seeing a design and being like, I can remake that for the internet. Like there's something that feels good doing that. Um, but I, so I went to a place called the Nashville software school, which they do like a, what they call a six month boot camp, And it was just like full-time web development school, software development school for six months. Um, and then, and then after that, a couple of months later, got a job at this place um, that Clay was working. Which, well, it was, I mean, you can, you can speak to that if you want. That was, I mean, I don't, we don't need to drag any place under the bus yeah. necessarily. And this, to, we were talking before that it would be easy for this to become just like a gripe session about like, yeah. man, remember how much that place sucked? And I don't really want yeah. to do that. That doesn't matter. Which, Alex and I worked at a, it was a, yeah, a, a startup is a loose term. It was a, it was a fledg, fledgling marketing agency. I'll put the agency in quotes. And um, I think my favorite, it was called Elevate United, Elevate which we United. all agreed sounded like a worship band, not a, <laughs> not a marketing company at all. Yeah, but, it does. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Um, yeah. And so the guy who started it, was he thought of himself as an entrepreneur. He may he may really be that. I don't know. But it was like he wanted to own a marketing agency more than he wanted to like run one. Um, and so it was just kind of this weird thing. I mean, most of the clients were like influencer friends of his that like ended up not paying. It was just a mess. Um, so I, I mean, there was like... It's just funny comparing that to like BuildWit in terms of um, leads and like resource that is available. Yeah. You know, we were like begging to get like a, uh, an external monitor leave in the, our office space just for just one for everybody to use when they were there. Yeah. And it was like hard to make that happen. Or like we worked out of a, the guy that owned this company owned a creative space. Like a co-working space. Like a co-working space. But he would constantly be like, we would have a room. We never had like a, like, okay, this is the, our office. Mm -hmm. So every month he would just like rent it out from underneath us and we'd move yeah. a different location, different location. And eventually we ended up like working in a warehouse that I built a fort in. Yeah. Like, so it was crazy. There was like but. a warehouse attached to this building that he just hadn't finished out yet. And at one point Clay was like, I'm going to build a fort. And then just like, you know, after the weekend was over, we come back and there's like a tree house in part of it. And he's, put up like a fake wall and moved like an old couch in there. And it was so cold. It was it's so cold. So cold. Um, but it was like just so strange. There was like something fun about it at first. Cause it was like, I don't know. 
it, did it feel like we were like working towards something? I don't know that it really felt that well, way. I think the funny thing was like, it was the team dynamic initially was a little like builder or was like, wow, what like a really cool, talented group of people. Like what are the odds we all end up getting to work together? Like everyone really got along, but just like, it was like every couple months, every couple of weeks, I feel like we'd get together as a team and it was like the guy who owned the company would have changed what we were trying to do. And so it was like our job to then reassess like, well, you know, what is our mission? What is our purpose? And like, it was, a, I can honestly say like working at the company felt like such an amazing learning experience in the sense of like, I feel like I got a graduate level degree and like what not to do in business. Yeah, and I just think that's watched, a great way to talk yeah. about it. So, and it was, I mean, there were all sorts of ups and downs, but I can also say like, you and I wouldn't be doing what we're doing now if we hadn't have like struggled through working there for a while. Agreed. Um, you know, w- one of my greatest memories from that was, we, we've talked about this before, um, but you and I and Adam Long, who's done some contract work for us. And if you uh, went out downtown, uh, if you went out downtown Nashville on Broadway, you might've met Adam, real tall, real, very, very narrow. Uh, guy. Good dancer. Good dancer. Um, the three of us drove to San Antonio from Nashville. Like to clarify, o- over Adam, a day. Adam also worked at this company. Yeah, with he us. worked at that company too. And um, it was a mess. The whole thing was an, an awful idea that we just kind of got roped into doing. Um, but it was just like some special memories that I think just um, matter to me, you know. And I think maybe that's like all that I really when I think back to like that whole thing was like all that I really have from it. It's just like, there were some really, really good people, but I don't necessarily think I learned how to be like a professional developer or anything like that. But you left with like some stuff under your belt and like some websites you designed and yeah. like added to your resume. So like you went from there. I went from there. I worked at a, um, a place called journey pure, which, um, was a company that owned a handful of, um, like recovery rehab clinics just around the U.S. Um, and just built websites for them. And that was definitely where I learned how to like be a professional developer, just like how to deliver on a deadline, how to figure out what to ask for before I start building a website. There was like a lot of that stuff that I just didn't get out of a first job. Um, and then that company hired somebody to be like the director of marketing who happened to own an agency and the writing was on the wall. And then one day they just kind of let everybody go. Um, and then, you know, my wife was going to have a baby in like a month after that, which was, you know, not the best timing. Um, but kind of like from there, I made, made a connection that helped me get a job at the next place I worked at, which was just another agency here in Nashville. Um, and that place was fine. I have nothing against that. And that's where I worked before BuildWit. Um, and... It was a place I could have worked for longer, but was not like obsessed with anything about it. I definitely had some negative feelings about the leadership there. Um, and honestly, there is where I really learned that like I'm I can be really go with the flow for a lot of things, but I struggle when I don't respect the leadership for the, you know. Um and not that I was, you know, necessarily all that combative or insubordinate or anything like that, but it was just like, I think I can emotionally check out if it's like, I don't respect you. I don't think you're a good person. Um, I don't agree with the choices that you make and you are, you know, you might hide some things that are going on with the business. Just a lot of yeah. things that like 
are hard to be for. Um, and so I just happened to see like an ad on LinkedIn for BuildWit that Dan had put on there. Had just, you been following not Aaron at all. or Dan? How did you? Okay. It was literally, I, I remember sitting in our like, we called it the pit at our old house. And it was like an, a garage that had been turned into a room, but it was like sunken. There was nothing in there. It was like a couch. And we're like sitting down there. And I just like happened to see, I think we're like about to move maybe. I don't know. But we're sitting down there just watching TV and I see an ad for BuildWit. And it says like, look, looking to hire a developer in Nashville or something like that on LinkedIn. And so I kind of figure out, I find a, maybe I find out who had posted it, but it was Dan. Dan had posted it. And so I just like wrote him an e- email. Actually, no, I LinkedIn messaged him, which tells you how serious I was. And Basically, it was just like, hey, this company sounds really interesting. I'm also like this weird developer who has worked a lot of blue-collar jobs and likes being in the dirt and finds that really interesting. And this might be a, a good kind of fit for both of us. And if not, no big deal. You know, I have a job. I'm fine. And so a couple of days after that, Dan was like, let's have a call. And then I talked to Dan on the phone. I talked to Chase on the phone. I talked to Chell on the phone. I talked to... When I talked to Chell, Chell's like, yeah, I don't know why we're talking. I think Dan's already going to hire you. Um, but I basically <laughs> just like asked him about the company, which was really just those couple guys. Yeah, that's the whole company right there. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, it was like maybe mid-December and Dan's like, we're not ready to make you an offer yet because we need to hire some more infrastructure, but please just like hang on. We'll, we'll make you an offer. And then a couple months went by and then eventually um, they made it official and they kind of gave me the date which was three weeks, I think, from there. And then I went and told my company that I was putting my two weeks in notice that day. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just want to be out here right now. So we'll, we'll wrap up all our stuff, but yeah. I'm not going to work three weeks here and then go there. I'd rather just work the two weeks here, have a week off, and then go start work. Well, I remember that was, because that was, I probably hadn't seen you in almost like a year. Mm-hmm. And you and I would touch base occasionally, but like you had left, you had been gone from the, comp- the marketing agency we'd worked at together. I had yeah. stayed for a while. Yeah. Um, and then that company like fell apart. I left, started my own thing Mm -hmm. and you and I hung out and I remember you were like, wow, there's like this, there's this guy who's like doing, you know, marketing and, in dirt and machines and stuff. And I was like, okay. Like it was was like five people at the time. And I remember you're like, it's really taken off. It seems really interesting. And I was just like, cause so I was really confused about that was probably like a year and a half like you, I think had just talked with Dan. Mm-hmm. And so it was a while before I ever even like thought about coming to work at BuildWit. But like, that was my first interaction with it was you, me and you sitting in your living room, I think watching like March Madness or something. We were watching basketball and I had, this is so funny. I remember I had made Buffalo chicken Caesar salads. Yeah, I remember. I was like, you want this? You're like, sure. So we had that. Yeah. So yeah. And I was, I think it was still really, really new then. I mean, that was before the COVID stuff. So it was certainly pretty yeah. early in my time with BuildWit. Um, but I remember even after that, like seeing you really started posting on LinkedIn a lot about like the stuff you were doing. And I, and now I, you know why. Yeah. Well, and, but I also <laughs> had known you like you were never like a complainer at the company we were at, but you mm-hmm. were somebody who would point out when things were, you were like, I'm not going to do that. Like that's asking too much of me. And, um, and so I remember like when, when I saw how, happy you were working at BuildWit. I was like, oh, like, you're not the guy to go out of your way to, like, pretend that you're happy in a job. 
That's probably uh, fair. Yeah. I, I mean that in like, like the most genuine kind way. Yeah. Like I, um, and so I think when you were really excited, I was like, oh, there must really be something going on over here. Like this seems really interesting. Mm-hmm. So I just remember like kind of keeping an eye on what BuildWit was for a while because you were, you would be posting about it on LinkedIn and most of the work I was doing at the time was run through LinkedIn. So I was on there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just something exciting to be a part of. I mean, a lot of it truly was. I guess my initial experiences with Build It was like being part of a company that wasn't saying we'll do any kind of work for anybody at any time at any cost, no matter what it does to our people. Yeah. Like there's there were there did seem to be some healthy boundaries that were already being set and some excitement outside of our company for the work we were doing. And so like you know and some and, vision, like some, and purpose. some vision, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think those things have really changed. I think now more than ever, um, we're mission focused yeah. in a way that I think is still really, really cool. And it's it's fun to be a part of it that way. So what was the first thing you like from a development standpoint? What was the first partner or what was the first thing you worked on? Build Whip. Just designing build a build website. website. Okay. I don't even Which recall. We just, we just now re- Yeah, burn, man. Burn on me. I don't think it's a burn at all. Right that now, lasted okay. a long time. Yeah. I mean, what's so funny, and Chase and I talked about it. But yeah, so the first thing I did was the build Whip website. And he, Chase had sent me a couple like design files for like the template for the homepage. And that was going to be like my tryout, which I think the minute I did it, they're like, yeah, cool, cool. This is fine. But it changed like three or four times, which, you know, especially then, I mean, there was just no, I think there were still so many questions about what is this? Yeah. And because of that. Pre Lori, pre Kate, pre like that's pre everybody. Like that's just yeah, you I mean, and Chase figuring Aaron out. Aaron right? was basically driving Chase to solve all of these things about what the website should be about. And then he would say, I think it's going to be this now. So we were we were kind of iterating as we were building. And you know, I've only ever been the only developer, which is certainly was a negative, I would say, but um I just was like trying to find ways to do all the work. And so we just tried to make the BuildWit website as good as we could. And no matter if the um, requirements changed, which they definitely did. But that's what's so exciting about the new one that, that Shea built and that, that Matt designed is because there was so much more like intentional thought and planning put into this one versus the other one was, well, oh, shoot, we're also going to need to put the podcast on there. Oh, geez. Oh, shoot. We're going to have to add a whole new section for this. You know, like the old website didn't have a video on it, which is crazy in hindsight because that's like a big part of our business. Yeah. But that's just like, we just didn't think about, you know, we just didn't go that direction. And so, I mean, I think that's just part of our business is I think we're so much more refined in knowing what we do than we did then. <laughs> so you come on, you design partner website that goes well enough. Like you get, that's you got hired on after that or during that? No, or? so I I had b- built a version of the BuildWit homepage. And they were like, cool, this is going to work great. So when I started, it was like, we've done a whole new design. So you're going to have to start from scratch again, but we're going to build a BuildWit well, build website. So I built that. And then at the time, we were still using a couple contract developers who they had already they had been using before I came on. Shay was one of them for sure. Um, but there was another guy named Forrest um, who was doing some. And 
so they were still doing partner websites for the most part. And I was, I did the BuildWit site. Um, I did a site for uh, QE, who's now like coming back on. We're going to do some work for him, maybe, which is funny because that was also like a very weird experience. Um, built a couple, I mean, I built the first versions of the portal, which yeah. again, that was sort of the same thing as the BuildWit website. It's like, this is, this has value, but we, let's, let's just make it and then see what we need yeah. to do to it. And so when it, when it got to Shay, once she came on full time, um, I guess last December, it, it kind of had gone through a lot of these iterations. And so um, a small part of me was like a little, not, I won't say jealous, but just like, I, I'm glad that when the concept got to Shay, it was really clear or more clear than, of what like the, the portal is. Um, because like the person who had designed it, we stopped working with. Mm. So I, I like asked him a question and then I think maybe Chase was like, hey, don't talk to him anymore. And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't really know any better. Um, so it was just, we were still kind of figuring some stuff out by then. Um, but for the most part, I mean, a lot of what I did was working on what we, the websites we already had because we had really dropped that ball. Um, and I'm sure you can speak into a little bit, just like if we're adding on new work, it's easy to... Um, sometimes put partner needs on the back burner because mm. even if you do it for just a day stuff can stack up and yeah. they can be like hey why why does it feel like I'm getting forgotten you know yeah um, and so I almost exclusively went to that so that was it wasn't a customer support role but it was like I need you to find a solution on this weird site that was built super weird yeah it was like you got it so that's what I did for probably the second half of last year Um so fast forward to yeah. December of last year mm-hmm. and like you, what was, talk to me about how you became the podcast host. Yeah. So I, Shay and I were working together and kind of figuring out what everybody's role would be and what we'd all work on together. Um, and then early February, Aaron gives me a call and he says, Hey, do you, you know, I want to hire somebody for the podcast um, to produce it just really take it to the next level? Is that something you'd be interested in? And it just like was hilariously out of left field. Um, but it was one of those things that like I thought about and and prayed about and talked to my wife about kind of over the course of a weekend. And by that Monday, it was like, let's do it, dude. Um, there was just something really exciting about a role that requires me to be a jack of all trades. Yeah. And maybe a master of none. Um, you know, and... So, I mean, I think that, say I accepted the role on a Monday. I mean, I think I edited that Thursday's podcast. Like, it was just so fast. It was just fine with me. Because, like, once once we've made that decision, like, why would I want to wait? You know, why? Yeah. It was just like, let's do it. So, can you talk to me? And, and like, we can cut this if you want. But, like, I had always known you as a developer. Yeah. That had never been the thing that I, since I had known you, it had never been the thing that I knew, like, made you tick. Like that was always something that was like, this is what I do to make, not even necessarily make ends meet. Like you were good at it. You enjoyed it. Um, and I think like I've had these moments in my self-creative. It's like I came up making videos and I feel like I remember making the jump from being like, I am not a videographer. Like I'm not like, <laughs> I can make videos, I can do this, but, but yeah. like the people around me that are great at this, love it. And I just put up with it. And so like, what was like, I, I feel like you talk a lot on the podcast about like, oh gosh, like anyone could really do anything at BuildWit. Like the opportunity, yeah. like, and I remember you having that realization because I came on 
you and I met for breakfast because I, I started asking you about buildable uh-huh. stuff because a yeah. brand strategist position had come open and I was applying for it at the same time you had started running the podcast. Okay, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. So that'd be like Jan- early February. January, February. Because okay. I came on at the start of March. Got it, okay. Um, but um, like what was, from a creative standpoint, like what was that transition like for you mentally to say like, to let go of like, I'm a developer. Like, and to say like, well, what's so funny is, I mean, f- the bigger like identity thing was, you know, my whole life I was like the music guy, like I said yeah. earlier. And that's what people said about me. And then once I wasn't doing it full time, I was like, I don't know. What what do people f- say that I am now? You know, but I'm almost sure it, w- it was never Alex, the website guy. Like I just, it was one of the things I enjoyed. I enjoy the work, but I'm not, who it's not who I was you know it's really strange and so I mean Aaron put good words to it and it was really really direct about it on the podcast we did a couple weeks ago but I've been thinking about it so much since and I don't even think I've even said this necessarily to him but I don't really this is fine but he was talking about and it's so funny he didn't put any names to it but he used it as an example and it's just hilarious and such a thing that Aaron would do is we were talking about 3x people and he says, well, like, for example, say, you know, you have a developer who is, who's solid and might be like a 3x type developer, but that person can never compare to somebody who's a 30x developer, a 30x person. You know, it's like the 3x or 1x person who's solid could just can never compare to somebody who is built to do that work and is wired and wired to love that work. And so I was like, that's really specific and about this exact situation. But I think that's like a great way to think of it. You know, I, there was some perspective changing when Shay came on board because it's like, oh, you love this so much. Like this is part of like who you are in a way that it just wasn't for me. You know, it just wasn't. And I told Aaron on my interview call right when I came to the company was de- web development is a thing I do that I just, I want to be good at, but I want to be good at a lot of things. Yeah. And so, and he talked the same way about photography. He's like, I do photography and that has made us money, but he's like, that's just a means to an end to just do other things. And so I I related to him on that. And so when there was an opportunity to move into something that weirdly checked a lot more boxes for me, uh, it was kind of an easy no brainer. It was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And I have not thought about web development once since, truly. Which, and like, I've, I've watched you make that transition. And I think the funny thing for me is like, like, I think you probably were like a 3X developer, yeah. whatever, but I think you are like a, a 30X podcast. And I think it's, and it's not even because it's like, like, yes, I think you work hard. Yes, I think you stay up to date on like what best practices are, all these things. But I also think it's just like, like you could have a two hour conversation with a wall and like, that's who you are. Yeah. Like, and that's like, there's just intangibles in that, that it's like, you could not teach somebody to do how what you do. Well, I appreciate um, that. Yeah. You know, it's it is raining. Really setting the ambiance here. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> I might add more rain to the beginning so it sounds like it's raining the whole time. Um my entire career, since I learned to be a web developer, people have always said, You don't seem like a web developer. And at the time I took that as sort of like a badge of honor. Like, how cool that I'm a web developer, but don't Don't act that way. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know why I took it that way, but um, 
now that I'm like not doing it at all, I mean, like Jake Schmidtlein said that to me. He's just like, now that I know that you were doing that here, he's like, I can't imagine you liking that. I'm like, huh, what do you know? Yeah, when I think that was, a quote I heard from somebody at one point was, um, if you love something, you'll teach yourself. And if you don't, others will teach you how. And I think it's, that's the difference of like, like I look at areas in my life where it's like, there are some things where it's like, like even something like base camp where it's like, that is not the way that my mind thinks. And I don't get jacked up about like, oh, like we're going to get so organized. I'm going to go and like <laughs> spend my spare time figuring this out. And it's like, and maybe nobody is, but yeah. like, but I do like. Except for Kate. Except for Kate. Shout out to Kate for making my life work. Um, but like, but I do, when it comes to like brand strategy and marketing and stuff like that, it's like absolutely in my spare time, I'm like listening to podcasts or reading books about like campaign ideas, just because like, that's just like what gets my mind going. And I think for you, like podcasts, like this is something for you that it's like, I don't feel like you are having to be like so disciplined about like, okay, I need to keep my mind focused on like how to do a good podcast. Yeah. Like I think for you, it's something that's like, I see the wheels turning of like, oh, what could we do? you know, we could do this other thing or we could, you know, mm -hmm. invent this or what if we did stories in this way? And like, that, it's fun to watch. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think you in a lot of ways serve as the placeholder or like the straw man, for lack of a better term for, excuse me, I'm going to start that over. The avatar? Yes. You in a lot of ways act as the avatar for most of us that are like new to the dirt world on the podcast because you are okay being like, I don't know what this thing is. Like, Aaron, what is this? Yeah. Can you explain this? And um, I think- Oh, it's not acting. Let me see that. It's first. not acting, but I also think, <laughs> I don't know whether it was intentional, like that was yeah. the plan, but it's like, I think it works really well because it creates space for even me to kind of like insert myself into the conversation mm -hmm. and be like, oh, cool. Like Alex doesn't know either. I mean, yes. I would say when I started doing these Monday episodes with Aaron and that have now spilled into internal podcasts, that- I think my initial understanding of that role was to lob Aaron softballs. Mm. Just like Aaron's going to crush this question, which he still does pl plenty, plenty of times often. But now I feel like that, ro that role of kind of being the stand in for the average listener who might have the same question as me. I just, I think of it more as of that way. It's like, if my, dad was listening to this podcast he might ask a question like this yeah you know or it's weird because like i i am not an expert in the dirt world i'm such a novice it's not even funny but i do like to think that i'm pretty emotionally mature and worked to gain emotional maturity and so a lot of the things we talk about wander into that territory. And so that's been really fun is to sprinkle in like how to maintain and grow relationships in a dirt world, dirt world perspective. Yeah. You know, because it's like, I can't speak to why does a foreman not share information very well with laborers? I can't speak to that, but I can speak to why would somebody be hesitant to share all the information with somebody who works below them. Like that, that's something I both have experience in and find really interesting. Yeah. Cause that's just relation relationships. And so I think it's kind of been fun to find places that I could 
not be an expert in, but like have some experience in, in our, in my conversations with Aaron that it's like, oh, I could provide value here in a way that yeah. I didn't necessarily think I would have had the opportunity to on these podcasts, which is so funny. Yeah. Um, but it just has become that. Well, I think you're cool. also like very naturally curious. Like, you know, the reason you're kind of a jack of all trades is because I think you're like, yeah. And similar to me, I think it's like, oh, I want to learn about that. I want to get into this thing. I want to, you know, you don't just play French horn. You play like 10 different instruments because yeah, yeah. like, I want to know a little bit about all of it. So I think that lends itself well to what you're doing. Um, Like if I were to ever have my own podcast, it would be just like, I just want to ask people questions about what they do. <laughs> and it would be like stuff I don't know about. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Because I think that's what's cool. And so that's what's been fun doing these internal podcasts is I can ask, I mean, whatever I want. But it's, you know, everybody's got a different love, level of experience or journey to this point that I can be like, hey, what's the what's this? You know, didn't you use you told me you did this one time. What is what is that? Um, so that's been really, really fun to just kind of stretch that curiosity muscle in a way that is not just for my own benefit. I mean, it's mostly my benefit, let's be honest, but is is a way that I can kind of invite the team into what we're doing here at BuildWit, which is cool. Nice. All right, you ready for lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, all right, this one coming in hot from Dev. Okay. What is the best drink you make and what goes into it? What's so funny? Okay, so so I'm very confident in making the rose pepper margarita, which is good. Rose pepper is a local Mexican, Mexican restaurant, restaurant here in Nashville. It's delicious. Their margarita is unbelievable. And I'm pretty good at that. Um that said, I make a pretty good um, old-fashioned. Like I can do the the like classic recipe. Um, so that's really fun to make. But I don't know that I have like a preferred bourbon for that. But I do make it with bourbon versus whiskey. That's like my choice. Yeah. To somebody on the team who's not naturally outgoing, gregarious, friendly, whatever. Not I think everyone's friendly on the team. Like, what is the best piece of advice you feel like from a be a friend standpoint? Mm. Like. Because I think you are in a lot of ways, like I think you refer to yourself as like the internal mascot of Buildwit, and that, I don't I know if thought that's about like, that I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like I get what you're saying yeah. by that. So, like, what advice would you give to somebody who's like, no one ever reaches out to me? This goes into more of the like emotional maturity thing, yeah. which I love talking about emotional maturity. Is you can't get good friends unless you be a good friend, hmm. um, and I've said this to like members of my family, and they don't love hearing it but it's something I just like wholeheartedly believe and uh, to like make real friends and real relationships you have to be vulnerable hmm. not a lot of people talk about vulnerability on uh, dirt talk podcasts but um, that's also a, a big buzzword for me is yeah. vulnerability but that can, and that can mean a lot of things but truly like letting people in on what you're working on, on the struggles of that, on the challenges of that, I think that's just as valuable valuable as either asking people to help with that or yeah. you having to like jump in on somebody else's thing. Because yeah. like that can be um, challenging, that can be overwhelming, that can be intimidating. But I think just like allowing people to kind of see what you're working on is probably like a good place to start. Yeah. When I think even. To add something to something, what you're saying is you said something about allowing people into the mm -hmm. vulnerability. And I think some of it is like inviting people into it. It's yeah. like, I'm always amazed. Like I'll just occasionally put time on people's calendars just for like 15 minutes to be like, let's just like, I have no agenda. I just want to catch up and see how you're doing just for fun. Yeah. And 
I'm always amazed like at when I kind of start the conversation and it's not like a complaining thing, but just like, I'm actually like a little tired and I feel like everyone's like a little more capable than I am in this moment. And just to watch someone be like, Oh my gosh, like, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Cause like, feels like, you know, I feel that too. Or, um, and I think sometimes, especially remotely, it's easy to carry this weight of like, we're all so good at what we do. And mm-hmm. like, don't let the cracks show, even though that goes against everything we talk about. It's just like an inherent human feeling. And, but I think that's why there's something reassuring when, uh, our, the leadership team at Buildwit is like really upfront about failure. Yeah. Because that makes me feel better about my own failure. And not in a, not that I need permission to like be cool with my own failure or whatever, but it's just the idea that like, am I letting the team down because I didn't do as well as maybe I think I could have done on Uh, such and such project? Yeah. But it's like, you know, Dan will write about this on, on LinkedIn or Aaron will write about it or say something on the team meeting or whatever. Just like, hey, this situation was shitty and we could have handled it differently. Mm. And not only could we have, we're going to in the future. Yeah. And here's how. Those sorts of things make me like get in their corner more, but also it's like, I feel empowered to be upfront about like my own failures too. Yeah. You know, it's like I could have, maybe I could have grown the podcast more, but I Mm. was too busy trying to, Make it sound. I don't know, but just yeah. like that, that those sorts of things is. I think that's a good point. Just like yeah. inviting people into um, what you're doing and the challenges and uh, victories of that. Best movie soundtrack. I have two answers. Okay. Best like score. Yeah. Which is different, in my opinion. Best score is honestly Interstellar. It's unbelievable how good it is. That's Zimmer, right? Yeah. Hans Zimmer. Okay. Unbelievable how good that's it great. is. Really draws you in. I I started a podcast or no, no I, started, <laughs> I started a playlist that was based around I want to work to that score, and then started adding other scores and instrumental music to it. So interesting because it's so good. From it, just like best songs, I would either say "Remember the Titans," okay, which was great, or "The Big Chill," which is like I have not like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. But it's like every song on there is like a home run. And it was so good that they made a second soundtrack of other songs that's also amazing. And they not even, not all those songs are in the movie. Um, I have both of them on vinyl and they're just, it is so, I mean, I wish I could, I'm going to even find it because it is amazing. You're going to play a portion of this version? No, but I'm just going to tell you the songs that are legit on this. I heard it through the grapevine. You Can't Always Get What You Want by the Rolling Stones. Classic. The Tracks of My Tears, Smokey Robinson. Classic. Good love. Dun, 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 dun. Good love. Um, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, My Girl. Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. The Weight by the band, Give Me Some Lovin'. Bad Moon Rising by CCR. When a Man Loves a Woman, Percy Sledge. It, you Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, Aretha Franklin. In the Midnight Hour, Joy to the World, Three Dog Night. is unbelievable. This is a great soundtrack. What is the time in recent memory you can remember laughing the hardest? That's a great question. Hmm. Honestly, the last time I feel like I laughed, like that was coming really by surprise. That was so, so funny. Was um, when Aaron told me that they delivered all of the 
kitchen appliances for the office in the wrong city and left them there. It was so shocking to me. <laughs> Where did they deliver them to? To like Columbia, Tennessee. Oh my gosh. To 1400 Adams Street, just in the wrong city. That's hilarious. And it's not like they like went to the front door and said, oh, hey, are these for you? And they said, oh no, it's actually Nashville. It's just like they just off. dropped them off. That's fantastic. <laughs> Uh, which I didn't want to necessarily say a work answer, but that was fucking hilarious. That's pretty funny. Um, oh, that was, okay. This question coming, I believe from Caitlin Dorsey mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm. what is your favorite podcast? Uh, I listen to a handful of NBA podcasts. So that would be like either the Ringer NBA show or um, the JJ Reddick podcast, The Old Man and the Three. Um but I honestly, probably recently, I'm listening a lot to a podcast called Smartless. Oh, it's uh, not Jason Sudeikis. It's Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. Yeah. Um, and it is hilarious. It's so funny, but just like they're not good at it. You know, they're all actors and they're all very funny. But they, they, ha- they have just like so much pull and access when it comes to guests. You know, yeah. it's like they had like Kamala Harris as a guest and Will Ferrell. And I mean, everybody is like an absolute home run and like they don't really know how to do it but it's so funny because they end up just like laughing and being stupid and to me like that's just really fun and like a good uh like view of what people like that are like because you know there's everybody you know a lot of times the version they put of themselves out into the world on instagram or on tv or whatever is very buttoned up and like that doesn't feel buttoned up yeah um i would say from more serious perspective and this is Definitely the only person who's ever been on a dirt podcast who would say this, but um, I've been listening to Glennon Doyle's We Can Do Hard Things podcast. Hmm. And she's a writer, um, and it's her and her sister, and they basically like bring up a hard thing that they talk about. So, like, one episode was about anxiety, and another was about why it's hard to have fun as an adult. Hmm. Um, another one was stress. You know, it's just like all these different things. Um, but my wife turned me on to it and like kind of goes into some of the other stuff we were talking about, but it's just like, here's why it's hard to be an adult. And they talk about all that kind of stuff. And then, they ha- you know, a couple of people will like, they have like a, a, a phone. What did we even call it? If you leave a message, it goes a voicemail. They have like a voicemail that you can call and like ask a question. So then... Hmm. They'll like put one or two of those on the podcast and then they'll just talk about them similarly, similarly to how we do it on Dirt Talk. Yeah. But it's just like a voice memo. And I don't know. It's just like been really fascinating and perspectives I just don't get very often. Last lightning round question. What is the dirtiest you have been in recent memory? You know, you'd think I'd have an answer for this because I've asked a number of people. (laughs) Legit, just after running the Nashville Marathon, I threw away all of my clothes. You it, full marathon? I did the half. Oh, gotcha. But it was like still, 98 degrees still that day. impressive. It, it was unbelievable. They, sh- they shut it down. A lot of people who ran the full marathon didn't get to finish because they're like, it's too hot. We have to stop this. Justin, one of our video guys, just did a, like a triathlon the other day mm-hmm. and had him swim in the Cumberland. Weird. Which is disgusting. Yeah. But not- he was like, for those of you not in Nashville, the Cumberland's the river that runs right through downtown. But like, he was legitimately like, I think I have strep throat. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, Brutal. I have no doubt. Yeah, so I'd say that. I mean, legit, like, came home from it 
and threw all my clothes in the trash can. Gosh. Well, yeah, it's just like so that feeling sweaty. of like you could never dry them out even if you wanted to. I could to. never dry them out. And just like the way they had started to smell was like, you, you can't get this out of here. That's in I'm the fibers. It. Yeah, and it was like stuff I had, it, well, they weren't brand new, but it was just like, I've gone past the point of return. There's a point of no return. That's yeah. It's too terrible. So terrible. So I would say, um, after running a half marathon, nice stuff. Well, dude, thanks for. I mean, I know that I'm. This is probably my first and last time hosting this podcast. Unless you, you know, you need to go on vacation and need someone to fill in for you. I think it'd be great. Oh yeah, you know what's great is everybody else can get someone to back them up, and I just uh, have to work when I go on vacation. You know, <laughs> but it's fine. I'll be standing. I know just you would do an Alex impression, but. I can honestly say for the team, like this has been incredibly valuable to have you put together these interviews. I appreciate you even having the humility to allow yourself to be interviewed because I know that's like uncomfortable on some level. But um, yeah, this is such a, a fun thing to get to be part of. And um, thank you for keeping it up because I think for me, it's, you know, there's a number of people I interact with, but even I was noticing at the team meeting, like there's mm-hmm. people I interact with every day, but my interactions with them are not like, who are you? Where do you come from? Yeah. And like, probably won't be um and so it's nice to have that touch point of just like having a podcast to go and listen to that's a conversation i wouldn't have time for otherwise so thank you for holding that space for all of us well i appreciate that it's definitely something i really enjoy and i enjoy it more than like just getting to do it you know i enjoy that it is kind of part of um the fiber of BuildWit, and hope that more and more people kind of adopt it into just their weekly thing you know yeah or bi-weekly i guess is when this comes out um so clay thanks for coming on here and letting me talk a little bit more than maybe usual um but <laughs> to anyone cool, who's man. made yeah. it this far into the podcast you and uh, i you and trust I me at this point there's at least a 20 minute segment that we cut out oh yeah if this. not more yeah there's it a whole conversation on. that happened that just started being like us talking about movies that is not in this for sure maybe i'm gonna put a section in of just like <laughs> like it just fast forwards <laughs> That could be funny. That's something to think about. Anyway, uh, thanks, y'all, for listening. I'm looking forward to the next one. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Go make the dirt world a better place. Stay dirty. Stay dirty. Stay dirty.